There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. This is the second episode on the New Age Movement. Why is it important for us to study this movement? I heard years ago that from 1990 to the year 2000, Christianity only grew about 5% in the United States of America. I don't know about other nations. But during that same decade, New Age spirituality grew about 240% in our nation, in our culture. And uh, I am disturbed that if that kind of percentage continues on into the future, it will become one of the dominant spiritual mindsets affecting our generation. In fact, I would dare to say that New Age spirituality is the third of three pillars that will uphold the regime of the Antichrist. The first is political. It is the New World Order, which is aimed toward a one-world government. The second is financial or economic. It is the World Banking Network that is aimed toward a one-world currency. And the third is spiritual or religious, and it is the New Age movement which is aimed toward a one-world religion or assimilating into itself all the worldviews and mindsets that are so different and so contradictory in so many ways, and yet the New Age provides a way to bring them all together under one heading. And so it's very important that we Christians understand what is happening in this movement. Now, in the last episode, I covered the first seven of 15 primary signs of New Age spirituality. I'll go through them very quickly. Number one is fascination with the supernatural. Number two is pluralism, which is a belief that all religions are legitimate paths to ultimate reality. Number three is an impersonal God, or that ultimate reality is not a personal creator, but an impersonal force. Number four is pantheism, the idea that the universe is an emanation from the Godhead, not a creation. Number five is monism, which is the belief that all things are of one essential substance, all is one. Number six is the sacredness of nature, even deifying certain aspects of nature. And number seven is the divinity of man. Now, not all New Agers subscribe to all of the beliefs I just mentioned, but these are dominant beliefs that are usually present in a New Age worldview. Now, we're going to start this particular episode with number eight, which is the power to personally and subjectively create reality. This is showcased in a recent popular video and book that was called The Secret. The whole idea is 
using the right affirmations, using the right confessions and the right kind of positive mindset to cause the universe to submit to your wishes and what you ideate or what you imagine becomes a reality. And so you can bring this force that is the impersonal source of the creation under your control through the right kind of mindset or through the right kind of confession. In fact, in The Secret, ultimate reality is referred to as the great genie. And if you remember, a genie is a entity that is locked inside of a lamp or something similar that is subject to the one who releases the genie. And so the power, the force of the universe is subject to the person who implements these approaches in order to be rich, to be popular, to be successful, all the good things of life, etc., etc. Well, that's one example of this idea that you can create your own reality. In fact, a new ager will tend to say, you can have your truth and I can have my truth and we can both be right simultaneously, even if our worldviews contradict each other because we create our own reality. Next, number nine is a weak view of Satan and sin. Most New Agers do not have a concept of an entity named Satan. In fact, some of them, especially New Thought movements, believe that the whole concept of Satan is really just the negative mindset that dominates the human race. And demons, well, those are just flashes of negative emotions and thoughts that go through you like fear and depression and discouragement, but not real entities. In fact, most New Agers explore the spiritual realm or attempt to explore the spiritual realm to have out-of-body experiences on the astral plane and are very uh, minded toward welcoming any spirits they encounter into their bodies, into their minds. They have no differentiation between an evil spirit and the Holy Spirit. All spirits are just welcome influences. Of course, there are exceptions to the rule in that, but quite often uh, channelers and others involved in New Age thought will just welcome these spirits in without the realization that they are yielding to demonic powers under a satanic head. And so the New Age tends to have, again, a very weak view of Satan. It also has a very weak view of sin. The whole concept of sin carries with it the idea of accountability to a personal creator and repentance in order to have restoration of relationship. Sin creates separation. Well, according to most New Age thought, man's problem is not separation from God. Man's problem is ignorance of his true divine nature. And so to cure the problem of a human being, knowledge is the key uh, to become awakened in knowledge and understanding about your own divine essence or your oneness with the divine is the key to overcoming 
these negative things in your life. And of course, also most New Agers believe in reincarnation, which we will get to in a few moments. And so the focus is not repentance from sin before a God who demands certain moral boundaries in your life. The focus is purging your life of negative karma that you might incur by damaging behavior toward other human beings then you have to pay for that. There's a karmic debt incurred where it returns to you after a a period of time. And so you want to escape that karmic debt that will lock you in the cycle of rebirths. And uh, this is a totally different mindset than repentance over sin in order for restoration of relationship and reconciliation with God to take place. Also, New Agers have a weak view of the idea of forgiveness. Because see, in many New Age circles, you don't approach God for forgiveness. In fact, in A Course in Miracles, uh, written by Helen Schuchman, she emphasizes that forgiveness, that no human being needs to have forgiveness from God. Forgiveness is not from God toward us, but forgiveness is from us toward other human beings. And salvation, well, salvation is a totally different thing. In fact, Helen Schuchman said salvation is nothing more than right-mindedness. And instantly, A Course in Miracles is a very, very popular New Age book. And she says in that book, when you realize that all guilt is solely an invention of your mind, you also realize that guilt and salvation must be in the same place. In understanding this, you are saved. And so it's not God that saves you, but coming to an enlightened state of mind. And so the New Age has a weak view of salvation and forgiveness. All right, number 11 is enlightenment. Most New Agers are seeking after some kind of enlightened state of mind. They have many terms for it. The Hindus call it samadhi. The Buddhists call it nirvana. New Agers call it Christ consciousness, God consciousness. Yogis call it self-realization or self-awareness. But it's all about achieving oneness with your quote-unquote higher self. Because similar to Hinduism, Your individual soul is identified with Brahman, that is the oversoul or the impersonal force out of which all things manifested in the beginning. And enlightenment is that point when you realize that you are God and that you are one with God and there never was any separation. That was all delusional in your mind. So most New Agers are striving after this state of mind that would be called enlightenment. And they would tend to say that the term Christians use of being born again is the same as samadhi or nirvana or Christ consciousness. But it is absolutely different because to be born again is to be born from above. In fact, the word translated again is also translated from above. And it's the Spirit of God entering into you from without. 
It's not an awakening of the divine essence that's already within, but the entrance of the Spirit of God that you are separate from entering into you from without, and also God creating a brand new spirit inside of you. It's a totally different approach. It cannot be blended together with the New Age approach. Number 12 is reincarnation. Now, in my book, In Search of the True Light, I go into 13 reasons I no longer believe in reincarnation. But most New Agers believe in the evolution of the soul through numerous incarnations. The Hindus believe over a million times you will pass through this world in mineral, vegetable, animal, and human states. Some reincarnationists believe that you can shuttle back and forth between the human and animal states, etc. And others tend to believe that it's always evolutionary and progressive, that you always come back as a more progressed human being until you're released from the cycle of rebirth and you become one with the source of all things. Now, number 13 is evolutionary optimism. Most New Agers believe in the coming of a new age, and they call it the age of Aquarius. It's from astrology, as I explained on the last episode. Unfortunately, astrological ages only last about 2,000 to 2,200, 2,400 years, and then another age comes in, and then another age. It's cyclical for all eternity. There's never any final resolving of the human dilemma. But in Christianity, we look forward to a permanent change called the new creation. However, New Agers do have this evolutionary kind of optimism. They believe we're coming into a time on this planet of a heightened spiritual awareness where the inhabitants of this planet will all be awakened to God consciousness and that's going to cause us to live in peace and solve many of the human problems that we are suffering now, like hunger and warfare and greed, etc., that will move up to a whole new spiritual plane of existence. In order to facilitate this new age that is supposed to arrive, there has to be the coming of a Messiah. Now, of course, we as Christians believe in a coming kingdom age where Jesus will usher in a heaven-on-earth condition in this world. That's not the same as the beliefs of New Agers, but they do tend to teach that there will be a world teacher emerge that will bring us to a place of harmony and love in this world. Of course, that's setting the stage for the Antichrist, who by peace will destroy many, the Bible said, because he will come in with flatteries. He will come in agreeing with the idea of the deification of all human beings, that we are all God. He will come in as a very charismatic individual, and it will not become very dark until later on as he gains greater control worldwide. Now, most of your major religions forecast some type of messianic figure coming in. There's the Imam Mahdi of Islam. There is the fifth Buddha of Buddhism. 
there is an individual in Hinduism called Kalki uh, who is supposed to come and bring uh, this type of new era to the planet. And there's other religions that uh, foretell the coming of a Messiah-like figure. Because, by the way, Satan is a counterfeiter. And one of the main ways he deceives the human race is by taking truth and counterfeiting it and dressing it up in other beliefs and other approaches. Finally, the 15th concept that tends to be uh, indicative of a new ager is a global family outlook, that we are all children of God and that we all have a divine essence and we are all part of one human family, regardless of what religion we may subscribe to, what worldview we hold to. That's a very in-depth subject that I need to cover on one podcast. Let me say this. I believe that we are all children of God after the creation. Jesus referred to great crowds of people, none of whom had been born again yet. And he would say things like, your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things. So he was acknowledging that all human beings, to a certain degree, are children of God after the creation. And we can all trace ourselves back to Adam and Eve. God made of one blood all nations. So we all have that kind of kindred connection. However, the Bible also talks about how those who receive the Lord Jesus are given power to become the sons of God. That's a whole different level of sonship that only those who receive Jesus as Lord come into. It's called being born again. It's called regeneration. It's an experience where your spirit is fused with God's spirit once again, and uh, you are a child of God on a much higher level of supernatural reality. But for a new ager, that's not necessary. All human beings are equally children of God in the sight of heaven. Well, that covers it in just a very minimalistic way. I haven't really gone into detail on any of these ideas or concepts, but I wanted you to get a good overview of what the New Age movement is all about, because we'll be referring to this on many of the episodes, and you need this foundational knowledge. Now, I would urge you to go to my website, shreveministries.org, and order your copy of In Search of the True Light. There is a wealth of information in that book. Over 20 religions are compared in over 336 pages. I answer 30 of the main questions that New Agers and people of a pluralistic mindset tend to ask concerning Christianity. And these are areas of information we need to be familiar with if we're going to be able to communicate powerfully with others that we contact on a day-to-day basis. So go to the website, order your copy of In Search of the True Light, and be sure to sign up for my other podcast, which is on the names of the children of God. And I believe it will be a great blessing to you. It's called Discover Your Spiritual Identity. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Revealing the True Light, and I look forward to our next time together. 
Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shreve's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.